please. Put together. It's a big week. Come on. Chop, chop. Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan 360. Wherever you get your favorite podcast. Well, Kevin Barker, five against the Rays. Three against the Orioles. Um, I don't know if it's make or break. I don't think it's make or break. I think Dan Schulman was asked that yesterday by Pat Tablin. He said, I'm not certain is there any, there's any break left. I think that's probably the best way to put it, given where the, the way the standings are. But it could certainly be a make. You win some games against the Rays and jump over the Rays and put yourself you know, in a position to take advantage should, should the Yankees slip up. It's, uh, it's an interesting time. Yeah. The least. yeah, I think they've got their pitching lined up the way they want it to yes, be lined do. up. Uh, I think offensively, you know, they're going to face some lefties. <laughs> that 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 will be the one thing against the Rays. The Rays are going to throw some, some you know, not, not a lot of lefties, but enough lefties that you're going to have to make some adjustments. You're going to have to split the plate in half. Can the Blue Jays do that consistently? I don't want to say take what the pitcher gives you because I don't think they're capable of doing that. They take too many big daddy hacks. Big daddy hacks don't equal – you know, taking what a pitcher gives you, shorten up, eliminate your lower half, just use your hands, throw the barrel at the baseball. That just is not the Blue Jays. So can they just split it in half, give one side till you get to two strikes? And can they get Vladdy going? Vladdy going for me, I understand how many balls he said hard. I think he said 56 above 110 miles an hour. That leads baseball. He hit a couple yesterday that, that way. I'm talking about with some backspin. And, you know, Vladdy, I think, just needs to have – professional bats might be a little bit strong this time of the year, but some bats where he goes to the plate and hunting to do damage. I don't always think he, he has it bats that way. I want to throw out the mechanical thing. We're going to ask John Snyder when he comes on about Vladdy, but I don't want to throw, I want to throw out the mechanics. It's too late in the season. We're about mechanics and timing. I think that's all there. Now. I just think it's about mindset. Listen to Bo talk. Has Bo mentioned mechanics? We had him on. We've listened to him talk to Hazel, to Arash. Have we heard him talk mechanics? We haven't. He, he shies away from that. It's about his mental approach, taking it from the dugout to the on-deck circle to the on-deck circle to the plate and not letting negative energy get between the ears. Can Vladdy do that? Because I think for me anyway, if you want what you just started the show with, skipping good teams like going ahead of the Mariners, going ahead of the Rays, I hate to say this, and we because we've been saying this all year, and I know Vladdy's had a good year, but it could be the Vladdy effect, like Vladdy taking that next step forward when it comes to forget about the mechanics and the and one bat at bat. Can he forget about that stuff, walk to the plate, and just hunt damage? Because you see, when he barrels baseballs up, well, he does, he does damage. As Bo has shown, uh, it's never too late. Absolutely, <laughs> it's never too late to put together a run. We've got twenty three games left. 23 games left. Yeah. Uh, going into yesterday's game, um, Bo had 18 RBI on the road trip. He didn't get any RBI yesterday. 18 RBI on the road trip. Most of the majors on a major league road trip of 10 games are better since Hubie Brooks at 15 and 87. And if you really want to look at this 8-2 and two road trip, you could make the case that it was that double by Bo that kind of opened the floodgates a little bit. Sure. And kind of let everybody breathe. Now, yesterday's game, a 4-1 loss to Texas, was... It, it, 
it was kind of a microcosm of things that go wrong for the Blue Jays when they lose games. It was a bullpen day. They didn't get a good effort from Trevor Richards as the opener. Uh, and we've talked about with the Blue Jays, the good games usually start with good pitching. They didn't get of that course. yesterday, frankly, from their first the first two arms. I'm sorry, it, I'm not going to include David Phelps there, yeah, but from, from Richards and Kikuchi, they didn't get that, and they were 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. And just that's seems pretty like, much seems the game. like one leads to the other. Right, and of course, we, we, we do that. Rob Drake had... You know, Rob, oh, Rob Drake had God. had a strike zone issue for both teams, but it really did appear as if Make it, you- it appeared as if it manifested itself, particularly when the Jays had men on base. And ah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of that second inning, some of the calls that Chapman got, and it's going to happen. And 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 Bo Bo reacted twice to a, a couple of calls. Both of the pitches were not what we would constitute borderline pitches. But I will say this: they were being called strikes by Rob Drake that day. Sure, I just think I think Martin Perez could attack yes. that, knowing that the umpire behind the plate had a bigger strike zone. Yes, when the Blue Jays pitchers couldn't do that consistently. Exactly. That that's the difference: is one guy's having a good year, he's mechanically sound, and you know he's reading bats well, and the down and away to righties and the end to keep him honest and. With two strikes, you're going to go in. But then you add that Rob Drake effect to it. Yeah, but you know what, Kevin? I also Mm. think that I wonder if it isn't a little more difficult for guys who are coming in and just pitching for an inning. Yeah, it's just to, to, to about sort stuff of and not to, locations. But so no, but, but to, yeah, to take advantage of that because relievers relievers aren't generally you're not generally told to come in. Hey, this you know. No, I'm stuffing you to death. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of that's up to the As catcher. Opposed to, to up to the catcher too. Sure you need a big pitch. You know the guys. Calling it blindfolded? <laughs> you need to set up uh, four or five inches in off the plate to a righty? You do it. And I, uh, Martin Perez is having a good season for a reason because he's really good at repeating delivery and, you know, the arm speed on the changeup and the backdoor cutters and the sinker down and away to a righty. And then he'll throw the good little 93-4 seamer in off the plate. And then again, you add the you umpire to the mix. So you, there's, you know, he's a, he's a good pitcher. You can see why some teams looked at him at the trade deadline no and thought he might be kind of a, a low you know, a low cost, a low cost gamble as a free agent. But I did say this after the game, all those things being said, (laughs) and you got this many good right-handed hitters in one lineup, you would think occasionally, just occasionally, that after your first at bat, you would sort of figure out, okay, we're going to have to do something outside the box today. I don't know what that is. I've been saying, screaming this all the time, scoot close to the plate. If somebody's trying to get you out of way, you want to change point of contact, what's the easiest way to do it? Scoot closer to where they're throwing it. And that's where they want to end up. And they just don't consistently want to do that for whatever reason. And then you see games like that. But it's just funny, Jeff, that whenever they have bad starts or bad pitching, and this is most teams, but it leads to the Jays going a lot of the times 0 for 10 runners in scoring position. Yeah, we like to think that, that this is a team that can out-hit its, its pitching mistakes. Uh, I'm not certain that I'm it is. I'm not either. I'm not certain it is. I don't think so either. Um, they need time to figure out what that other yes. team's trying to do. And they need that whoever's starting, whoever's pitching, to give them time. And if they don't get it, looks like it looked last night. Here's what we have ahead in the show at 1035. We'll take a look around the East and um, <clears throat> take a wild card update as well. 11 o'clock, Ken Rosenthal, senior writer with The Athletic, field reporter with the MLB on Fox, will join us. Had a terrific piece on Bo Bichette and his turnaround. We'll talk to Ken about that and about the rule changes that uh, a, a, apparently the only people happy with the rule changes are former players and media members. 
I get the impression that a lot of fans don't really care, and it doesn't seem as if any player in baseball is happy with it, although I think that, Kevin, you hit the nail on the head. We'll talk to Kenny about this. I think a lot of that is residual from negotiations this year. Players don't like being told what they're going to do, what they're going to do. And I think you're right. I think 99.9% of it centers on the pitch clock. I don't think it's got anything to do with the shift, frankly. Guys will... Guys will Pitcher's shrug been that sipping my tie for like twenty I'm years ever since the the uh, the the cargo shorts in Tampa figured out a way and to maneuver things around. John Schneider will join us. Nice manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a weekly thing a. too, maybe. Yes, ahead of uh, ahead of five games against the Tampa Bay Rays. So the Jays went with a bullpen day yesterday. There's we. I kind of went off a little bit in this during Blue Jays oh, talk yesterday, strong. but uh, well, You're I was stating a, the obvious. I was stating the obvious, but it's just you know September twelfth, torching a front office on, on September twelfth. Torching September eleventh. September eleventh is kind of silly. Well, no, it was just. I I just asked the question: Why on earth is the team with this payroll got a bullpen day in September eleventh? Valid question. And a day where. You know, Tampa Bay lost, and Seattle won. It it, it would have been nice. It it would have been nice to have that. And you could have stuck a fork in the Orioles for I think sure. They have already. I think they have, but mm-hmm. the fork could have gone in deeper. You could have stuck all three prongs in, or however many prongs there are in a fork. Lance, is there a plastic fork there? How many prongs are there in a fork? Three or four? Four. Thank you. Four Hopefully prongs in a four. There you go. Four, four. Four prongs. See, I got those little cocktail forks with just two. Oh, it's rich people forks. No, those aren't rich people. <laughs> Anyhow, four prongs. The richer you are, the more prongs your fork have. Hey, really? <clears throat> your forks have. I think it's the less. <clears throat> the less prongs are. Anyhow, <laughs> whatever. The point being, point being. I use my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Two for my yeah, fingers. Got, the, got a little of those, those Virginia, those, uh, those, those Virginia canopies. Yeah, uh, as we uh, call it, the Virginia fork. That's true. You, only, you don't funny. need forks when you're, you're funny. You don't need forks when you're picking apart ribs. You just don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyhow, where were we? Oh, yeah, bullpen day, which, you know, look, not optimal. And I imagine the Jays will probably have to have a bullpen day at some point down. Well, no let's face question. it. Mitch White is starting the second game of the doubleheader tomorrow. That, that is, in effect, a bullpen day. More or less, it's a bullpen day because the chance of all hands being needed in that day, uh, 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 on that day, are pretty good. But uh, let's talk about that. There's a chance we're going to see that again. And for sure, you know, Trevor Richards. I understand. I understand why all these guys were used yesterday. I even understand why you say Kikuchi was used. Although I didn't get. I, I know they're looking for three batter pockets and all that. I didn't get the i. I wasn't all that comfortable with him facing Garcia. Two lefties. With, with, you know, what Trevor Richards got, one out. And then you have to bring in your other. Yeah. You have to bring in a, a bullpen guy when you're expecting Trevor Richards to maybe go two innings, and then you bring in Yusei Kikuchi to pitch however many innings, three innings, and that'll get you to the sixth. And then all of a sudden, hopefully you got the lead and you're going to whoever – you know, you need to go to to, to win a baseball game. I don't. The yeah, Trevor I, I Richards know. Thing happens, still, man, you're picking it. Wouldn't you be? I understand. Oh, I, I understand you're doing the three oh, three oh. pocket, but wouldn't you? Wouldn't you kind of not want? Wouldn't well, you not want Kikuchi to face in, to face Adolis in, Garcia? They brought him in to face two lefties and then him. Well, yeah. Why two lefties? He got the lefty out he to get, end the inning. And then he didn't get it low out. Okay, well, and then he gave up a home run. That's why. But that's yeah. When you have to use him. You're trying to put him because he's been good against lefties. The slider's been good. 
But he, uh, the, the velocity's been good against lefties. He I mean, the perfect scenario, again, would have been Trevor Richards and then go, go with someone else. And then you bring Yusei Kikuchi into the bottom of the order. I guess. And then he can roll it over and hopefully. So he basically, gets, Trevor Richards' inability. Got, no I, I get your point. That puts that sets it in in gear. If the Jays need a bullpen day again, understanding that we don't know when it would be exactly or who the opposition would be. Uh, I mean, these are basically the arms you're going to get, aren't they? You're going to try to stay away from Romano unless it's a save situation. Probably Garcia. Um, I, I will say this. Texas is not a good team, but Julian Merriweather has had two outings mm. that I, I wouldn't be afraid of sending him out in, in a Okay. In a game now. Before you finish that sentence. I wouldn't. So you're telling me against <clears throat> three really good right-handed hitters, not not for the Rangers. Forget about whoever's hitting for the Texas Rangers. Another team that's really good, yeah, that has really good right-handed hitters. And a bullpen You'd be okay with Julian Merriweather coming in in the seventh inning. No, no, no. With a one-run lead. That's what you're saying. Uh, 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 with a one-run lead no, facing I'm, the meat of the order against the other team. I don't know about not the meat me. of the order. Well, no, not about the meat of the order, but I'd be just as comfortable with him as Zach Pop. I might even be just as comfortable with him as David Phelps right now, depending on who, depending on who the hitter is. Yeah. Depending on who the hitter is. I'm with you. Uh, that, that's all I'm saying. Yep. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm going to use him to, to pitch two innings or save games for me, but I'm saying at least it appears if, if I can get that out of out of him, if I can get what I've gotten yeah. of the last two outings out of him, I'm okay with this that. This is just me. It's for me, it's not his stuff. Like like he simplified it. His mechanics are a little bit more simplified to where he can repeat delivery and get the slider out front. And he's got two different ones. He's got one he can still strike with the back door one to a lefty. The the one that he can just flip in there to a righty that nobody thinks you'd ever swing at. And he's got the eliminator, the one that goes back foot, and the one that goes down and away to a righty. He's throwing a little bit harder. He's maintaining that velocity. It's just between the ears. Occasionally, occasionally, Jeff, there's got to be that moment where I've had enough of this. It's me against you, and that for me is where the separator of when you're throwing him and how much you're throwing him. Now, is that fair for me to say? I don't know. i just tell you what I've seen. Like, what you see is he got stuff. He got velocity, which what we've been yelling and screaming about. That helps you this time of the year. People trying to get it geared up, opening up the front side, cheating a little bit because everybody's tired. It's September, you're mentally just out of it. You're physically out of it, and then you're facing that stuff, but it's that mental game. It's that one at bat, that one pitch, me against you. Do you trust him? I don't. So... We mentioned that Rob Drake had uh, a fairly creative strike zone yesterday. Oh, nice, man. I like that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> fairly creative strike zone yesterday. Let's just say that Rob Drake umpired a game like a man in a hurry, like a man with a flight to catch. The ball was coming towards home plate. It's a strike, pretty much. Um, I mentioned Bo Bichette on a couple of occasions. He, obviously frustrated. The one he was called out on strikes, and John Schneider had to get out and and – Talk to the umpire. Now, I will say this. I didn't get the impression that Rob Drake was particularly combative yesterday with the hitters. No, he didn't no. square up. Didn't stick, he didn't square up to anybody. I don't think so. Maybe he's used to it. Or, or maybe, yeah. Or maybe he knew that he, he was scuffling. But Bo also. September Bo, 11th. Bo, How Bo, scuffling? Bo uh, popped up with a man and, with a man, runner in scoring position as well uh, in, the, um, in, the, in the seventh inning. Ended, and he was quite upset after that at bat because there was a pitch before he'd, he'd swung that was called a strike. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you this. Two things. I went back and looked, and if you remember earlier this year, the Jays had a game 
and who was the home plate umpire? It was the game before Guillermo Martinez was ejected before. It was Doug Eddings. Doug Eddings missed 26 calls in that game. The next day, the lineup card was exchanged, and Guillermo Martinez uh, Martinez Doug still in the big league was turfed out of the was was thrown out of the game for for saying something uh but but that kind of the Jays were kind of went in a little bit of funk after a couple of those games you know, Vladdy went in a bit of a funk after those games I want to ask you this about Bo first of all how hard is it because you've been there when you're in a role and you know you're seeing the ball so well and you know that it that you yeah. that you just had a strike that was a ball called or a pitch that was a ball called a strike. You just know it because you're seeing everything. I mean, you can you can pick a dime out of the sidewalk 100 yards away right now. You're Bo Bichette. Everything awesome. looks good. How hard is it to accept a game that has been umpired like that it's when terrifying. you're on a roll? It's terrifying that you get on the bus going to the plane and you're thinking to yourself, now do I, now do I have to cover that? I'm covering everything else with – all the mechanics. You look how easy it looks. Like, he mm-hmm. doesn't look like he's over-swinging. He may be, but doesn't look that way, right? No. Just looks free and easy. He pick it up. He sits it down in the same spot. He's balanced. He finishes with a balance, which is rare for him because a lot of the times he's fallen over the plate with his backside. And then all of a sudden, mentally, we talked about the mental part of it. We talked about Vladdy. I started the show with that. You talk, listen to Bo talk. It's not about what he's swinging at. He's very aggressive. It's not always about his mechanics. It's about the mindset of what I'm trying to cover and can I cover it with all the things that I'm trying to cover it with, which means his mechanics. And now on the plane or on the bus, you're thinking to yourself, man, was it a strike? And, you know, I went and looked at the video. I'm sure he did. Went and looked at the video. Was it? Do I think I need to start swinging at that? And it puts doubt in your mind. And then when you start trying to cover things that you're not normally trying to cover, especially when you're hot as he is, like you can see his takes, Jeff. Like yeah. they're just, boy, it's nice and easy flow, and it's down, and it's like as soon as it leaves the hand, I, I see that. And it's odd for Bo, right? Bo's a free swinger. He's, uh, he's letting it eat as soon as it's yeah. – so, yeah, it's it's very hard to be able to separate that. And, again, this is – I'll – I really do think him having the two-strike approach now will help him get past this. I think that's a big deal. Just being able to widen out, throw the barrel at the baseball with all the moving parts and sort of like, oh, little friend, there you are. Something that like you can, it's like a kickstand. Mm-hmm. Like, right, whenever you're teaching your kid how to ride a bicycle and then they have the kickstand and they, or they have the training wheels, sort of the same thing, that's his training wheels. That's his kickstand is the two-strike approach. And I hope, because the next five games are going to really need him, I, I hope that that's the case. But it's hard. It's very hard because it puts doubt in your mind. And when a hitter has doubt, they think too much. And when you think too much, bad things can happen. The uh, Jays did get Teoscar Hernandez back yesterday after the uh, a stint on the paternity restricted list. Got a couple of hits. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, went on the IL. We talked about that that injury legging out that that ball to first base the other day and the the awkward landing. As a result, uh, yesterday we saw uh, Whit Merrifield in right field, Jackie Bradley Jr. in center. Teoscar was in left. George Springer was given a DH day. Uh, it stands to reason, Kevin, that with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. probably out. John Schneider made it pretty clear. I don't think we're going to see him back. We're not going to see him back when that 10-day IL ends. It might be might be a couple of days after that. We'll talk to John about that. But is there any way the Jays can play this without us seeing more Whit Merrifield? 
Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, we'll ask John when he comes on. But I, I do think they like Tapia. I, th- I know John likes Tapia. Uh, it's about if there's a lefty throw and Tapia's not playing. Like yeah. he just, you can tell when it's. You can't have Jackie Bradley Jr. and Tapia in the game against the I left-handed mean, you could, starter. You could, but, but that's not not optimal. how you win baseball games, right. right? You you want if you don't have balance in your lineup, you you want at least some competitive at bats. What do you, what you seen from Whit Merrifield, Kevin? Because I, uh, look, he has not had a good year. He had a, there was a little bit of. A little bit of an uptick when the Jays made that deal he, with Kansas City, but not great. I mean, what are you seeing from him? Because, yeah, listen, I understand nobody stays great forever, but we've seen this guy play enough. He certainly, at, at the time the deal was made, I thought, no, okay, useful guy, whatever, not going to make a difference, not going to hurt him. Sure. He's kind of hurting him. Yeah, I think it's pressure for me. I don't think he's ever been through something really like this where he's fighting for playing time because he is. Like you, he goes two for three, he's playing the next day. He go 0 for three, he's not playing the next day. I mean, it's real simple for him. And when you go and have at-bats trying to get a hit, well, three hits and one at-bat. That's because I've done that. Trying to pinch it, like I used to try and pinch it into my career at the big league level. I'd try and impress. You want to impress the manager so when that situation comes up again, I'm the first guy's choosing, not somebody else. Because that's fresh in his mind that, oh, I remember that at bat. But then you start having at bats that you see that Witt's having, which he's late. Uh, you know, he's when he does hit a ball hard, it just looks like he's hitting it with a newspaper. I've been there before. Like mm-hmm. it just it just does not have any snap to his swing whatsoever. A to B is just not there. It's sort of A, C, mm. E, back to B. Like there's a lot of things going on with his hands and velocity's hurting him. Like I, I do maybe think a little that's where it's starting to catch up is, you know, the the velocity, they, they're not afraid to throw that to him. And I don't know if I feel sorry for him, but this is a, this is a thing that, you know, how do you get through it if you're him? How do you give yourself a chance to compete, help a team that's fighting for playoff, wherever they're fighting for that, and play in time? I mean, that's a – and playing time's first. Hmm. Let's, let's not lie about this. Sure. This is an individual sport. Yes, it is. This is not a team sport. It is when you're being the best individual that you can possibly be because right. that means you're, you're playing. An in, you're an independent contractor. No question. Yeah. And that's what he's trying to do right now because there is a lot of doubt with him. What are they giving you? Like, you know, if he was really good, that would be that competition between Biggio, Espinal, and him to play second. It's not really any of that right now, and that's no. more on the manager, right? The manager feels feels highly enough about him that he feels it's okay to put him at the bottom of the order. Hopefully, he can get on. He's a good base runner. Uh, you know, can he can go first to home? He's not going to hurt you defensively. Uh, I mean, I'll say that. Yeah, but he's, he's got to give he's got to give you something. This time of the year, you have to give them something offensively, <laughs> and I just don't know how they can continue to play him. But again, with the Lourdes thing. I'm sure you'll see some odd lineups at the back end. And, and you know, again, this just puts more pressure on all your better hitters. Springer, Vladdy, Bo continue to do those things. Kirky, you know, the Teoscar. Boy, it'd be nice to have Vladdy and Teoscar hot at the same time. No? Ugh. Man, are you kidding me? Like, so it puts so much pressure on those guys now to have better at-bats, let the ball travel, I'm telling you right now, all you're thinking about is maximum damage. You're not thinking about mechanics, and you're thinking about splitting that plate in half. What can I do maximum damage on? I'm going to give him that side that I can't do that with, and when I get to two strikes, I'm going to compete. That's what you want to see. And just having guys at the bottom of your order, it's like what was the game? The game uh, 
Game, game one, the bottom of the order, that was Jansen Espinal on top. You had eight hits, eight RBIs, and two homers. That's sort of what they're trying to get. You know, it's, if it's not the top end of the order, mm-hmm. the bottom end has to be, I don't see a Whit Merrifield in there. Yeah. So it's, you know, you put your, it's, right now it's put-up time. And when these guys are hitting the way they are at the bottom of the order, they're fighting for playoff time. They want to be a part of it. So you got a nice little competition down there. And I think for me anyway, from what I've seen, sometimes when you're competing, Jeff, and you know how you're doing, you're not having the year that you expected to have, and they brought you over to sort of solidify that veteran clubhouse. When you are playing, you don't miss a beat. Now you're not doing it. You grip the bat a little tighter. Your bat looks a little slower. You're not doing your thing. So probably don't play as much. We're getting a Cooper Criswell today, it looks like. Is that right, Cooper Criswell, right-handed pitcher, 6'6", 200, Tampa Bay minor leaguer, former Angels draft pick. Somebody they haven't seen before. Somebody they haven't seen before. <laughs> Stay hot. Split it in half. Jeff says, this time of the year, how hard's he throw? What's he throw? Two strikes. Don't give me all that other stuff. Does he throw a breaking ball 14% of the time after he throws a breaking ball, doesn't double up on it? Don't give me all that. How hard's he throw? What's he throw? Two strikes. Simplify that thing. Split the plate in half. If you have to make in-game adjustments, make them. Like, this is time where if you have to choke up, <laughs> you have to choke up to help a pitching staff out. So, Blue Jays are a good team. Now it's just time to finish it. You're at the you're sort of at the end of the marathon, right? Now it's time to finish it. The uh, Rays have added three right-handed pitchers to their roster for this series. Kevin Hergett, Javi Guerra, Cooper Criswell. Uh, Luis Patino, who got lit up yesterday, and Calvin Fauche were optioned after the game to open up a couple of spots on the Three roster. Righties. Brooks Raley, the lefty, uh, has been placed on the uh, restricted list. Of course, he is unable to cross the border because of uh, border restrictions. Criswell, one and one third innings, cup of coffee with the Angels last year, 60-day IL this year due to shoulder soreness. <laughs> Roy's, Ray's claimed him on a waiver. In July, he's thrown 27 in the third innings over eight games for AAA Durham, 20% strikeout rate, 4% walkout rate, 51% ground ball rate. Sure I don't even fastball slider. I, I was going to say, I don't even need to, I don't need to tell you what he's going to throw, do I? Probably not. I don't not. need to tell you what he's going to throw. Uh, we're going to take a look around the East and in the wild card race, we have a pair of tickets to give away to see the Jays and the Rays on Thursday, September 15th. We've got Ken Rosenthal, senior writer with The Athletic and field reporter for the MLB on Fox, and John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, coming off that 8-2 and two road trip. All of that ahead. This is Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Great daily gambling advice from J.D., Blake, and Alish in the Fan Morning Show's Wake and Rake. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get in the East, I just wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, I, I understand, Barky, you have a lot of fun with me, and, and sometimes, you know, sometimes some of the things you say about me can give people the wrong impression. So I wanted you to know that I went out yesterday and got you a housewarming gift. This, my friend, is a world-class rake. Yeah. With a couple of protective gloves. Now they got, you know, they got the logo sure. on it. So you know, you yeah. know where they are. It's a world this rake 
is unbreakable. Is it really? Yeah, and it, it, it is remarkable. It is a remarkable rake. Do you have one? I've got one. I actually, I say it's unbreakable. I had to get a new one because I broke it. But I mean, all kidding aside, no, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a tremendous rake. So there you go. That's a why housewarming gift. There has to be a reason there why isn't. you did I just this. Wanted, what, what is it? I just wanted. What's to, going on? I just wanted to kind of throw you off your did, game a little bit, and it appears that I've worked. Did what? You, did you do something you shouldn't? I did, I did not do something I shouldn't have. But I just figured Very I would. Odd. I just figured I'd present it to in the air did because somebody I wanted give people. The, somebody gave you this, and you were like, <laughs> "Man, this is look nice." Barker just bought a house. There's a bow on it. There's a bow well, on Well, I mean, you could put a bow. Did you get this for Christmas last year? And I did not give it, it for Christmas last year. Wait a minute. I think the bow is from the Barker gift basket. Hang on. What <laughs> gun it is. What's wrong Anyhow, with you? so there you oh, go. I appreciate that. That's great. Yeah, you can never have too many rakes. Never. You're going to find out. Uh, and uh, there you go. And uh, it's it's uh, you can you can lower it a bit. There. It's perfect for uh, for Chase. Chase can learn how to rake. Uh, the joys of house. I appreciate that. Home ownership. See, I'm, I'm capable of nice gestures. It's odd. It's odd. It's never been done. How long have I known you? Yeah, you're off That's your game. That's the first time. You're off your game now. Wow. Hey, it's Monday. You know what that means? Kevin gets a rake. In the East. Waffle <laughs> bouncing in the background. Uh, well, it turns catchy. out. What? It's catchy. It is catchy. It turns out that reports of the New York Yankees' death may have been a little premature, Kevo. Uh, in fact, Kevo. the Yankees... Because you get me a rake, don't mean you can call me Kevo. Okay? In fact, the Yankees <laughs> took back-to-back wins from Tampa Bay after a loss on Friday had lessened their lead to three and a half games top the AL East. Do you care to guess? Care to guess when the last time the Yankees won back-to-back games in which they scored 10 runs. They won 10-3 and 10-4 in these two games. The last time they scored 10 runs in back-to-back games this year, the Yankees, the powerful Yankees. Mm-mm. May 12th to 13th. Wow. That long? That long since they've scored 10 runs in back-to-back games. Glaber Torres homered twice. Oswaldo Cabrera hit his first homer. And don't look now. But after a sluggish return off the I.L., Giancarlo Stanton has homered in back-to-back games. Kevin, if Stanton gets going, look out. And if Torres gets going, well, he can save a year that up to now has put his Yankees' future in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Oh. I can't lie. It's Here's just, like, hard. Because also the situation, the team passed. We, we lost so many games and everything is getting down. I mean, uh, uh, myself, I don't do anything for the team in that moment. And and was a struggle. I mean, many conversations with the hitter, with a, with a hitting coach, and just try to figure out what, what I don't do, and just try to copy what I do in the first the first half. So right now I'm I'm just doing the same team, just. Just right to do the adjustment. I I got a really good game today and just looking forward for the next time. Aaron Boone went on to talk, Kevin, about him being connected. Yeah, lower half to, lower half to the upper half. He's a leg kick guy. Leg kick sometimes you you tend to leak. The front side will open, the bat drags. You're either out and around hitting ground balls or you swing and miss. Yeah, his woes in August, Jeff, he had a buck eighty. That's twenty-five games. So hmm. to say that he hasn't been doing a ton for you know a little bit. Is an understatement. I, are they going to need him to do this? Probably not. 
just be consistent with your at-bats because he does have talent. He does have bat speed. The hand-eye coordination's there. He's a decent defender when he's not playing shortstop. So if he just has com competitive at-bats, I think the numbers will be there probably the last however many games they got to play here. But for me, it's about Stanton. Somebody's got to protect the other big guy in the, in the lineup. Now, Booney's trying to do that by leading Judge off, which right. is, you know, I, I guess that's what you would try and do. Is It's just it's hard, be hard to walk him, right? You, you can't walk him every single time if he's leading off. Maybe you're getting traffic on around him at the bottom of the lineup. Hopefully, you know, it's just very hard to walk him because of who's hitting behind him. That might be the most important part of it. But I just think if they, if they get healthy, they, they know how to win. They have a bunch of guys who have been there and done it before. You can't teach that. So, for me, it's about health. You get healthy, you, you, your rotation continues to throw strikes and, and, you know, does that part of their game. I, I just think they're, they're a really good team. Are they the best team in the American League? Nope, but they're a really good team. Uh, Aaron Boone, as we mentioned, has had, has hit Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton at the top of the order the past two games. He had Aaron Judge at the top of the order a little earlier uh, this year, then went away from it. Now he's come back to it again uh, in order to kickstart his offense and, and maybe try to get some protection for Judge. And Aaron Boone was asked after the game yesterday how he liked having Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton at the top. When they're at their best, they're, they're great hitters. So I, I, I don't know if it's you know just and and because we got a couple guys back G being one of those it just lengthens the order so um, but I think both days obviously uh, the first inning both those two guys got on so it looks really good um, especially when when the rest of the order follows it up and kind of drives them in and stuff so you know it's good to see Giancarlo really stringing together some really good at-bats now. Um, and when that happens and you got Judge there, you know, you better be on top of your game right out of the chute. Yeah, that really, I think, is you're hearing from Aaron Boone there. Score early, kind of put put the other team in the back leg. You asked Jack Curry. It was funny. I was thinking this. You asked Jack Curry last week, what could the Yankees possibly do to protect Aaron Judge, given where they're, the fact that their lineup is so shredded. Uh, this seems to me to be really the only thing Aaron Boone could do. I think so. Getting Rizzo back would help. Just, I, I think performance-wise, you have Stanton doing Stanton things, hitting balls all over the yard, hitting home runs. That would help. It'd be a little harder to, to walk Judge in big spots if you got a Hotch and Carlos Stanton. Getting Rizzo back would be big time because he's left-handed. That would mix up the couple of righties because you know as well as anybody, when righties are struggling, you can get them out the same way you get the righties out for the Blue Jays. It's with two pitches. So, Again, how much pressure does Aaron Boone have on him? You know, you talk about first-place teams and, and yeah. just the conversation. You can hear it in his voice, man. Like, it's just, it's just man, I'm throwing it against the wall here. Yeah, he's not even certain. Even, even, when stuff work, even when stuff works out, no you question. can tell that he's not entirely, he's not entirely comfortable with that. And, of course, Kevin Cash and his Rays will head into Toronto for a five-game series beginning Monday. And Cash's pitching plans were thrown into disarray by those back-to-back -back shreddings at the hands of the Yankees. Ryan Yarbrough finished out yesterday's game, got five innings out of that game. We'll probably see Ryan Yarbrough at some point. But it's funny because Cash has kind of been warning people all along about reading too much into any Yankee swoon. Um, you know, part of that is a, is a psychological game that he's playing. But I also really got the sense that Kevin Cash has been around long enough now to know that even when a team sees a lead decrease the way the Yankees lead is decreased it's still a lead 
and the calendar is not ended. The calendar is only working in one team's favor right now. The calendar is working in the Yankees' favor sure. right now. And that's essentially what Kevin Cash said after the game. I don't think anybody is ever going to erupt against us. Our pitching is just too good. We've had a couple days where um, they've hit the ball well, but we're a very talented group, thick group from the from the starting rotation to the bullpen. And the reason we've had so much success is due in large part because of our pitching. Yeah, and obviously oh. Kevin Cash talking about his pitching there as well. And, and uh, he was asked about was he surprised that uh, that the Yankees were able to score 10 runs off in back-to-back games. Clearly he is. Yeah, for me, you know, we talk about the Blue Jays trying to get that number one spot in the in the wild card to come here and play those three games at the Rogers Center. Tampa's no different. They played much better in in the trop than they do on the road. It's mm-hmm. so it's a no-brainer. And you, as soon as he said, because of his pitching, most of the time they're going to keep us in a game. And I just thought of those five games against the Jays. How how the at bats have to be for the Blue Jays to combat what that team i want to say team i don't want to say one guy what that team and kevin cash is going to try and do to the blue jays the bats for the blue jays have to be not good great the uh, jays of course couldn't take advantage of the rays loss on sunday or for that matter a one nothing loss suffered by the orioles against the boston red sox and that brought the curtains down on a four and six homestand for the orioles that cost them a chance to pull into the wild card position and uh well how 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 much or how did manager Brian Hyde, Brandon Hyde, I'm sorry, describe that homestand? What was what were his thoughts on it? I think we have right now we have a, we have some guys that are that are scuffling, and uh, we're really uh, for me we have really big swings, and we need to get back to being, staying in the middle of the field. And you know, it was a nice piece of hitting by Santander going the other way. They're on a base hit. We we just we do not do that enough. Um, you watch Bogarts. Bogarts uses the whole field. It's tough to defend. Um, but we're right now we're just taking big swings, getting in bad counts, and and um, we gotta get out of this. Yeah, we gotta get out of this. Man, so, well, it sounds like every team when they have issues, especially teams that are fighting for playoff spots, all do the same thing. They take big daddy hats when they're not supposed to. But further to his point, in September. They hit 203 runners in scoring position. Now, I know you, sometimes whenever I talk runners in scoring position, you you roll your eyes at me because that's a team stat. It is to a point. But to Brandon's point about using the big part of the field, when there's a guy standing at second base, Jeff, and you're hitting, that's when it's that short and quick A to B. You're simplifying your lower half. You're cut, You're splitting the plate in half. You're thinking, unless you're Bo Bichette, you can't cover the entire plate. Like, you just no. Consistently, most humans can't do that. Good teams, what do they do? They slow it down. They think right center. They think left center. You're obviously not going to hit every single ball there. But what that does is that keeps you short and adds length to your swing, which allows you to get a bloop hit. That's the whole point. And that's why you're hearing these managers say, slow it down a little bit. You know, take a breath, exhale. When you walk to the plate, get your pitch, stay in the big part of the field. And the teams that do it more times than not, are the teams that, quite frankly, go to the playoffs. As we shift our focus to the broader wild card picture, I mean, what do you what do you say about the Seattle Mariners? I mean, they beat the Braves in back-to-back games, capping off the series with an 8-7 win on Sunday in which Eugenio Suarez slugged a walk-off mm-hmm. homer after Julio Rodriguez had tied the score. It was the second homer of the game for each player. It came after the Mariners' bullpen blew a four-run lead. And in the past five weeks, the Braves have been really good in the past five sure. weeks. Only two teams have managed to beat them in back-to-back days, Kevin Barker. One is the Seattle 
uh, Mariners. The other is the St. Louis Cardinals. What, so, makes it, what makes a good team, Jeff? Pitching. Pitching, defense, and what? You just mentioned a couple Bull. of names there. Well, yeah, oh. and, and timely hitting. Timely hitting. Yeah, yeah. And and Cal Raleigh is, is one of the big parts of that, too, the catcher for Seattle. He's got homers, 23 huh? homers. Yeah. It's the, it's the timely hitting thing. It's the, you know, good teams with good pitching hold deficits. And if you look at the – They Ma- give that offense a chance to win, and that's right now what the, the Seattle Mariners are doing. And if you look at the Mariners, they've got two games against the Padres Tuesday and Wednesday. They don't face a team with a record over 500 the Yeah, it's set up nicely. It's set up nicely They're, for them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awfully hard. It's awfully hard right now to not see the Seattle Mariners win in the wild card and hosting that series. It's it's really hard right now. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If you're, if by you're, the way, they just just so we can wrap it up, the Mariners finished Sunday one game back of the Rays in the loss column. Yeah, half a game ahead of the Jays. The Jays have played one less game. If you're if you're the Jays, right now, if it ended today, they'd be going to Cleveland. I'm happy with that. Would you rather go to Cleveland? Oh, or oh, Seattle? Oh, I do, I want no part of Seattle. I don't want anything to do with Seattle. Mm. I want nothing. You know what I want? I want Tampa to put Seattle through a meat grinder. Mm. I want nothing, 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 nothing to do with the Mariners. Mm. Nada. I don't care if the entire province of BC comes down to see the games in Seattle. I do okay, not with, want with that said, to go it's, to Seattle. It would be better off if you're a Jays fan to finish third. It in would, that, in yes. That playoff race. I mean, I hate to say it that it way. It is. You it, want, you it, want, it, if the if you can't play your three games at the Rogers Center, right? You'd rather go to Cleveland. Oh hell yeah! You don't want to go to Seattle. You don't want to go to Tampa. I mean, optimum so for me. It makes more sense. Op, and the optimum thing for me is that if if you're the Jays, you know, Cleveland, if Cleveland, Minnesota, and Chicago are all fighting for the for home for for the Central Division title sure. in that final weekend, which is the way it could shape up. You know, if you're the Jays and you've got your third spot locked up, you'll be running. You'll be running into a team. Now, sometimes it doesn't work to your benefit, but you got to think that Cleveland, Chicago, or Minnesota—if it's that close—they are going to exhaust every pitching option they possibly have to get that playoff spot. No question. And I understand that there is this thing we've seen it in the past where teams that are life and death to go in the playoffs. You know, if you're the Cleveland Guardians, your playoffs start in the final weekend of the season. You just keep it rolling. You just keep it rolling. And then, you know, the actual playoffs beginning, it doesn't matter. It's just like the same feeling it was Friday, got to win today. Same feeling it was Saturday, got to win today. But, man, if, if, if you step back a bit as mm-hmm. a Jays fan, and if you said to yourself, would you be entirely upset if the season ended today? What do you think? What, let me I wouldn't you, be. Let me ask you I a question. What do you, what do you think for good teams matter the most? More talent than other teams or momentum uh, mom- going into the stretch? It just depends who your starting pitcher it, it depends on who the starting pitcher is. If I'm the Guardians and I've got momentum going in and I don't have my best starter going, it doesn't matter. If I'm the Jays and that series against Baltimore means nothing and it's going to allow me to have a fresh Alec Manoa on the mound in game one, that to me is momentum. That to me is momentum for so the Blue Jays. So he's game one. He is. You know, I haven't looked at the numbers against Cleveland or anything like that. And I'm very interested. <clears throat> either one, either Gosman or Manoa. Let me ask you a question. If the season ended today, who is the Jays MVP? <sighs> and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. I want thoughts on Barker's backlit bits. Yeah. Well, I, want, I want to know what the answer is. Throw that, that out is. there. If the season ended yeah, today, yeah, today, who would be your MVP? 
You can go to Barker's back leg bits not, DM my Twitter handles. Not SN an Jeff easy Blair. answer. I mean, it's not. No. Because then you start saying, where would they be without Romano? Where would they be without Bo the last two weeks? Where would they be without? Where would they be without Ross Stripling? Like, where would they be Jordan without Romano. Ross Stripling? Jordan I mentioned Romano. Romano Stripling, but again, Manoa. where would they be without Ross Stripling? Where would they be without Matt Chapman's defense? I, I, I mean, yeah, it's. Does anybody make a bigger difference being in or out of the lineup than George Springer? <laughs> but is he their most valuable? It's it's a hard question. It to is answer. a hard question. It is. Bo keeps this going, and they go to the playoffs. It's going to be hard to. It's going to sound odd. It's going to be hard not to put him in the conversation. Turkey too. Lordis for a while. I would honestly. Man, I would probably go Romano. I don't know. Luckily, we don't have to answer that question because we've got a couple of weeks away. It's a good question, though. It is a good question. You can make the case for Manoa. I mean, clearly, he's been... I mean, he's been the guy. He's emerged he's as a guy. 21 quality starts. He's given them a chance to win, literally. Like, has there been a game where he has not given them a chance to win? I don't know, 21, how many stars has he made? That would suggest that there might have been there might have been a few games. But games where he really hasn't given them a chance to win. That's, that's an interesting question. I would have to really, really think on it. Because I know that I can make the case for you. 27 stars. I can make the case for you that without Ross Stripling, they're not in the playoff no spot question. right now. But I can make Manoa, that case, but without Manoa, they're not in they're the playoffs fight either. And quest- you, you could throw Kirky in there for a while. You could throw yeah. Bo the last couple of weeks in there. That's added separation from the Jays and the Orioles. Is the Bo getting hot? Like, you know, it's it's really, when are you doing it? Uh, we got to throw the, mention this too. I'm not going to throw this out. We got to mention this too. Albert Pujols hit a 697th home run. This is crazy. You want to talk about walking, yeah, not walking into the sunset. Have we seen a guy wind up his career with a more pronounced? Yeah. Just seems like he doesn't care if he hits 700 either, which is just odd to me. I know it is. Like when you hear him talk, the the way he acts, it's just like all he wants to do is hit a homer to help his team win a baseball game. It's not about hitting 700. If he does that, that's icing on the cake. But, man, what if he hits 699? I... I mean, I'm, maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of that because I used to try and hit homers, and it's the hardest thing to do, I think, in sports, and especially if you're right-handed with all the right-handed pitchers you're facing. But, man, 697 homers? Holy moly. Eight and home he's runs in August. Kick. He's added the leg kick this year, which is not the easiest thing to do. It's crazy. He, he's had 11 home runs since the 1st of August. 12 of his 18 home runs have come off lefties. This... <laughs> going into Sunday's game, he was third in baseball in OPS against left-handed pitching, mm-hmm. trailing only Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, I mean, yeah, and, and you're right. He's, he, he, he's been asked. He's going to get asked a lot. And he's made it pretty clear that 699, he's not, he's not coming back. Man, I, I mean, I don't want to speak for him because it's not fair. Only he can speak for himself, but holy moly. Like, I wonder. Here's the other thing, Kevin. I couldn't do it. I'd have to come back. I wonder if 
I wonder if, in addition, if he hits a six, finishes a six ninety nine. What if he has a good playoff run? Too. Like, does that does that whet his appetite to come back even more? Or is it a nice? I a, sounds a, a to nice me like bow. he's done. Well, he certainly I, again. He's been asked about it a lot. And like I even saw them them trying to get him to do a curtain call, and he wouldn't do that. It just seems like the attention he doesn't want it. He wants it more to be on his you know, team than him. Which I look, some people that's okay, but you, for me, he's their best right handed hitter I've ever seen. And you know what is interesting? I hadn't realized Crazy. this. <clears throat> Derek Gould, the Post Dispatch, points this out. So this was a, a six hundred ninety seventh home run with home run, which moved him into sole possession of fourth place on the list. The fans that caught the ball went to return it to him. He said, no, keep it. Yeah. I, it's just the, the whole, which suggests that he probably thinks he's going to hit more home runs. I'm sure. But it, it, has, it, has, been a, it has been a fascinating year. It, it really has. If he and does hit 700 and somebody catches it, how will they handle that? Oh, that would be the question. Uh, somebody, you know what? Somebody, they would give it back. Uh Here's a question, would right you? First, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't hurt nothing. I wouldn't even want I wouldn't ask for anything. I'd say a if photo, you... Give me a photo, maybe. A photo would be good. Because you're you're cool. Just give me a photo. Actually, you know what? I kind of like that. I kind of like the batting gloves thing. Do the batting gloves. Uh, I'm sure they'll send those off. A pair. Yeah. Not the pair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just a photo. But Say yeah. cheese. Maybe like a funny one and a, him holding the ball... We hold the ball together. That'd be good. Ah, that'd be cool. That'd be good. So that's Anyhow. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well done. Uh, well done, Delbert Pools. And it, it it's is a great dude. It's just it's great watching a, it's great watching a guy go out like that. It it just really is. It's because we've seen so many, especially baseball. Baseball lends itself to that. And I'm gonna say this too. Can we just take a moment to thank God that the DH is back in no base question. is in the well, National League well this said, year. Well said. Because if the DH isn't in the National We'd League see this none year, of this. we're not seeing this. No. We're not seeing this if the mm, DH isn't no. back in the National League this year. We're not seeing Albert Pools get all those chances. Now, he may be on the Cardinals, but we're not seeing him get all these chances without the DH. So I just want to throw that out there because I know that there are people who, you know, still mutter about it. I, I think fewer and fewer people do uh, mutter about the DH. I want to see a pitcher hit. That's what I said. Who would you rather Gosh. see? Jordan Montgomery hit or Albert Pujols hit a 700th home run? What would you rather see? Ken Rosenthal is a senior writer with The Athletic. He's a field reporter with MLB and Fox. He joins us next. John Schneider, manager of the Blue Jays as well. And we've got tickets to give away. It's Blair and Barker on 590-360, the network, and wherever you get your favorite podcast.